0: Us is back. All of you gave up on us.
1: <laughs> I bet you did, but we told you we were gonna come back for season two, and guess what? We're here. We're out here flexing, out here
0: ah ah ah, yeah, talk about yeah. comics and stuff. And to let you know why, you know, we took an eight month hiatus or so, right? Is that we both, you know, we had some int- We both had some big career developments. Me and Phil, you know, take a moment to get personal. Is that I got offered a chief meme officer position at CNN Plus. And uh, uh, you know that's that that has that's kind of fallen through now. So I'm back to you know comics podcasting. And Phil, you know he was offered uh he got a chance to do some cool NFT art for the Will Smith Netflix movie, but you know that's kind of a pause now as well. So we're both we're both back now that our our careers have fallen into shambles.
1: Yes, because like the idea was for because they wanted something as popular as the uh board monkey. But not making it a monkey and not making a board. So I came up with the idea of making the excited orangutan. So, so right, you have like Men in Black, Men in Black glasses. Oh yeah, it was like Men in Black glasses. It was Jim West with the with the with the with the hat. We had the South African doctor from Concussion. I can never remember his name. We had I am Legend. Like it, 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 it man, it was a. We had so many.
0: And he's, he's wearing the the jacket from Fresh Prince, the Inside Out.
1: The Inside Out, the, the Bel Air Academy jacket. Oh yeah, yeah, of course.
0: But yeah, you know we had these exciting opportunities at CNN Plus and, and Will Smith, and then recent developments have kind of fallen. And then they were they were pretty. Me and Phil, we had some real tough times. You know, those last couple last few months we both had to take some time to to really think about our our life paths. That's when Phil told me, you know, we should just go on a trip together. To just you know pull off the scene and you should come back with me to the motherland. Uh, you're talking about Egypt, right? And and me and Phil, we travel all the way to the, the land of his fathers, and presumably uh, I'm told where all life, all human being came from. We're, we're
1: cradle, we met this guy, cradle of cradle of civilization, cradle of
0: civilization, and we met this guy in Cairo when we were resting at the, the foot of the Sphinx. This guy named uh, Josiah X. Uh, he was telling us about you know. Uh, this uh, the man uh was it was, was, I think it was named Doctor Doctor Yakov, right? Yes. Yeah, which if, which it just fully totally blew my mind. It, you know, got just achieve a new level of consciousness and learn the true the hidden truths of this world.
1: Yes. Um, Phil, fun.
0: would you like to explain to our listeners who Doctor Yakov? This great man.
1: Dr. <laughs> Yeah, so doc, Dr Dr was uh one of the many uh people who who created, you know, civilization and uh he decided to make his base at the Caucasus Mountains. Um during the the Caucasus Mountains he did uh, a couple of like of experiments which created white people. All right? So those same white people that Dr Yaku had created came from the Caucasus Mountains. That's why we call them Caucasians, right? But because you know they are essentially NPCs. Uh, you know they go by another name, known as Yakubians.
0: That's right. That's the truth, everyone. We're gonna blast it right here, everyone. That uh, white people are a lie, <laughs> the creation of this of the superior black man. Don't really know how he accounts for Latinos and Asians like like me. So <laughs> I don't know where we fit in that in that whole. Yeah. And you know the man's keeping us down. You know, with with you know. Illuminati, Illuminati and uh, the new world order and, and the it's, Freemasons. Just like, it's a big yeah it's a massive conspiracy area we let you know dr Yako like all you especially all you might be listening you you're all you're all you're all liking the ultimates right that you humans are created for the cat America superstar <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. so just want to say you know keep keep your third eye open watch the skies and that's that's it for our episode this is now a uh, a HoTep. Conspiracy podcast. So Let's say that. Moving on is our new pudding direction.
1: So, because this is our brand new direction and episode, right? Our first episode, we're going to be talking about menthols and why they are, <laughs> and why do black people love them so much, and why are they so addictive?
0: Because the white man, that's why. <laughs> they put it. They put the menthol flavoring in the water. Yes. And nicotine yeah. in the in the fried chicken, right?
1: Oh my god. So see. So then it translates. <laughs> to, like, you know, menthol-flavored cigarettes, and you're like, whoa, this is this goes down so smooth. So, yeah,
0: there we go. We're, we're on the menthol-cigarettes conspiracy. Speaking <laughs> of conspiracies, we got a great comic <laughs> for you today. All right, and everyone, just so you don't complain to Spotify about us and try to cancel us, that was all of it. Please don't. Don't try to cancel me or fail about the, the Yakov Hotel stuff, all right? We're, we're not believers in that. <laughs> just so don't don't, don't demonetizes or all that although <laughs> we are talking about a great comic that has all to do about conspiracy theories yeah uh, image comic the department of truth by written by James Tyrion the fourth art by Martin Simmons Letterer uh, da Bidikar. designer Dylan Todd editor Steve Fox for you loyal listeners who stuck around <laughs> all Three of you, I guess. You might have recalled us talking about this book last year with as one of the Eiser nominees. And now we're going to go more in depth with uh, this series. Uh, three volumes are currently out. Uh, the first two, I think, are readily available in your libraries and all that stuff. Uh, so, you know, you can go get your hands on these easily right now this is not one of our books that are out of print thankfully
1: no it's not like you can you can literally get all three volumes at like your local comic book store and if they don't have it then ask them and they will order it for you because you know they're nice they're nice people there um and it's interesting right because the i believe the artist this is their first time drawing comics i think and, it's his
0: first comic yeah
1: yeah, and um, James or Tinian, least, or at least like a long-term series, a long-term series, and then James Tinian the fourth, right? How do you pronounce his last name? Tinian?
0: I I thought it's Tyrion, but I don't
1: know. because there's, there's no there's no R in it. Why Tyrion. Tinian? Uh, whatever that guy. Um, I believe he was a uh, he he was mentored by Scott Snyder, um, writing a lot of the Batman books during the New 52, um, and particularly uh, Talon um okay. and he took over writing batman during the during re- rebirth rebirth after uh what's his name tom king
0: yeah uh, yeah he kind of like one of his big contributions he created the character um
1: punchline punchline I
0: mean? yes yeah kind of like the Joker's
1: Harley. yeah because yeah, harley quinn Joker. is now a part of is now a part of the bat family
0: yeah yeah but this is uh, this is this this is his creator own work. You can tell like this is this is the stuff that Batman pays for. This is full James <laughs> Tyrion Martin Simmons unleash. Uh, so we'll go with, uh, a quick summary of premise for those who need a refresher from what's about. I like to call it a reverse X Files, in that instead of about government agents trying to uncover the truth and conspiracies, they're actually trying to cover up. Cover up. The conspiracies. But there's an interesting twist and angle on this in that the conceit of this book is that if enough people believe in a particular idea, a conspiracy theory,
1: Mm. it
0: will actually manifest in reality. Reality and history will rewrite itself as if that conspiracy was also true.
1: Right. So let's say, for example, right, uh, I don't remember, but the let's talk about the one conspiracy that I can think of off the top of my head would be um, the the 9-11 uh, saying that that was done by the government in order to create an excuse to invade yeah, um, the, whole, the, whole the Middle East. Job. Bullshit, right. Yeah. So like that was that was a big conspiracy theory during the 2001, 2000. 2001 to about like 2005 i want to say because yeah yeah and you know that idea of like people saying this thing over and over and over again like honestly i just thought it was barber shop shop i mean barber shop talk until i started hearing people say it on the bus I'm like whoa whoa, whoa 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 i thought you know just Crazy old people say these things. What's what's happening here? Why is no, why is, no? A
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna confess something. I was a 911 trooper for two weeks <laughs> in high school. because I watched <laughs> that stupid Alex Jones documentary on YouTube, granted, oh. remember, I remember, I remember, this was like the mid 2000s. All right, More yes. and then I was like hawking it, and then two weeks later, I saw the documentary that debunked all the stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh so,
0: yeah, and I I kind of like stopped being. I was like a good, I was never a conspiracy theorist, but I was like a conspiracy buff. And mm-hmm. after that, and a few more things, I was just like, yeah, conspiracy theories are just all stupid. <laughs> and yeah. I, I really don't hold a lot of respect for people who genuinely believe in them. But they get back to the part of the truth. So like the very beginning of the story, it's like they like the the main character, Cole Turner. He comes across like he's so he's part he's like uh, trying to study a flat earthers meeting,
1: which is mm-hmm. real. There is a
0: real flat earth society, and he goes on their airplane and be like well, what the hell if they goes to the the south
1: pole the north pole and there's no no he goes the south pole no, there's an
0: actual wall because yes. enough people believe in it, it's the manifest of the earth is actually is actually flat
1: right which is so crazy and um later and during that same time right he gets introduced to ruby uh one of the department of truth's agents and is and all of a sudden becomes re- recruited so it really does like like Eric says has that reverse X Files feels to it, um, where we have our our Scully and um, Mulder. Thank you, molder. Yeah, I was gonna Cole ask the I, don't, I don't
0: know if you I don't know if you ever watched... Are you a big X Files guy? You're watching have, an episode of X Files.
1: I've watched an episode of X Files, yes. But like when X Files was out, like I was I was still a kid and it didn't really make sense to me.
0: Uh, but you're not one of those people who like picked up uh, on it way after.
1: Oh no 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 like, okay, I was
0: I, thinking about this because I was I was thinking about this really recently and it's like, you know, all the people I know who are big X Files fans, they're all white. And it's like I was thinking about it's like, isn't X Files like really the whitest show ever?
1: Uh I would argue and say Full Houses, but I guess it would be up there too.
0: Because there's like yeah, all the people are white.
1: <laughs> or no, not even that. I guess Seinfeld. Seinfeld would be uh man man, I mean, there's a lot, but, of, you lot you know, of shows up you know, there. You know,
0: but, like, m- most of them are Jewish, or all of them are Jewish, so it's, like, kind of... Yeah. Yeah. X-Files is, like, one of those white people things, like, that joke they always make, like, eating sushi and reading mm. like, how to die racist. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, and here's the extra twist. The extra twist about what makes the Department of Truth so special and so relevant is that they're, they're not talking about, like, UFOs and Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster. They do go into that later on a little bit, but we're mm-hmm. talking, like, real fringe far right conspiracy <laughs> theories that's really dangerous stuff
1: like right uh
0: burfer the burfer stuff about obama qAnon you know uh, uh like sandy hook Jew- yeah sandy hook uh the whole like school shootings or stage uh jewish the supposed like jewish people control the world mm-hmm. and these are conspiracies that are so dangerous they cannot allow these to manifest as reality so the department of truth kind of rather ruthlessly stamps out any any possible hints of these conspiracies manifesting. But it creates this interesting tension because they're so ruthless they resort to blackmail and murder mm-hmm. that they, they, they stuff out the conspiracy, but then they kind of reinforce the whole, like, men in black <laughs> going around preventing the truth.
1: Right. So, then, like, so if, it's always funny because it's like that double entendre where it's like, oh man, the government's out to get me. So, like, in this case, yes, they're really out to get you if you're spewing nonsense.
0: Yep, but they actually are justified. They're completely justified in doing it.
1: Yes, um, which is which is always an interesting part, right? Because, I mean, the Department of Truth is headed up by who? So, yeah, Lee. It's a great, it's
0: a, yeah, great, great right away twist. Spoiler, but whatever, go. If you're listening to this, you care about spoilers, shut, shut the hell out. <laughs> uh, the, the head of the department team was no, no, none other than Lee Harvey Oswald.
1: Yes, the shooter of JFK. Yep, the and supposed shooter actually, of JFK, I guess. I yeah, but
0: they they allowed that to be the cover story to exist, and the real Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, they sh- they, sh- you know, hurried him away. I think the third volume goes more into why they did that and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get right. Let's get right into the specifics of the book. Uh, we talked a lot about the writing. What, what I really love and what makes the story, I think, really sets it apart, and it's a little divisive, i found, a lot of people I've talked to, is the art style, Martin Singh's art style. Okay. Uh, I would describe it as, like, kind of uh, Dave McKean, Bill Zakevich style. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah with, a li- I would, with a little bit of um, the guy who drew 30... Thirty, 30, 30 days, of the night. days and nights. Uh, um, um, ben Temple Smith.
0: Ben Temple Smith. Yeah. So it's a very surreal, abstract uh, art style. It's these are not like clean figures, right? It's kind of uh, you know scratchy, scratchy for lack of it's a better very, term. Very,
1: very, very scratchy, painterly. Yeah, a lot um, of mixed,
0: a lot of mixed media too. Apparently.
1: Yeah, it's very a lot, lots of mixed media. Um, very, but it's it's done in a way where it's like horrifyingly beautiful, which makes sense because like the the story itself is pitched as a a horror comic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, you know this like this this atmosphere uh, of paranoia of, of fear, just like all all throughout the entire story, right? And both in terms of the darkness and the stuff they deal with, and kind of the amoral shadowy figures. But also, like, literally, it's, like, pretty dark in terms of its palette. Uh, It's very moody. It's very shadowy atmospheric.
1: Yes. um, Because, right, because we have the Department of Truth, right, not only the title of the comic, but also the uh, organization within the book, right? Because we have this organization, we have to have a rival organization that is trying to undermine the Department of Truth. And they are known simply known as the black hats.
0: Yeah, which is a uh, so I think as I understand it is like some actual conspiracy sociology term. I'm not 100 percent sure what it means. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's like, and that's kind of what the plot as you go on. Uh, it's that they're they they're they're figuring out their grand plan is to create like a unified conspiracy theory that's like uniting mm-hmm. all these desperate far right, you know, Obama, Epstein, Pizzagate trump all that together into like this giant narrative to to reshape american history
1: right um, we'll
0: get more we'll get it's a very very political book we'll get more to that when we talk about the writing but let's let's stick on the art for a while let's pull let's pull up some sample pages actually
1: okay sure so i'm gonna go ahead and pull up one of my favorites uh let me go ahead and share my screen
0: and something while you do that what is the beauty of the art and why I really love this book. It's like one of the best books I've read in recent years mm-hmm. is that because of its art styles, abstract and moody, and surreal. It really helps sell the idea in the story that reality is malleable
1: mm.
0: because like these figures are not clean and well, de- well-defined looking, you know, they're not like ultra realistic, you know, like if this, like it's it just, really helps convey that tone that reality is always shifting that you don't, you don't really know what is true and what's not true. Right. right? Like, like imagine if like Jim Lee drew this book, it would just be so, so different. So
1: yeah, it would be, it would be extremely jarring. I mean, like Jim Lee is, is a good artist. Like, don't get me wrong, but the way he draws wouldn't fit the tone of the story simply because, right. The figures that he's drawing, the backgrounds he's drawing are like very bombastic, um, right? Which serves the purpose of telling like an action story, right? This is not an action comic. This is a comic that you read, you mull over, you're trying to figure out the the mystery along with the main character.
0: Mhm. Uh, and that's kind of like in terms of the story structure. It's really a lot of like lecturing the main the main character as he's like goes from person to person
1: right which uh, i mean which i think is also a little bit of a, a falling too because it, we get a lot of exposition
0: yeah it's uh in some it's some ways a little textbooky but uh and we could talk about that when we get a little more of the writing but let's
1: um, right we'll continue on with the art so here yeah. i pulled up the uh the final page of the first issue where we see Lee Harvey Oswald introduce himself and uh, the logo for the Department of Truth. Uh, Eric, so, like, what is... what is uh, Because this is my favorite picture, all right? I wanted I wanted to um, hear your thoughts on this. I think
0: it's pretty emblematic of the panel stuff, the, the layout style in the book.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there are some... There are more... There are ones... There are other examples that really push it. But it's not a a lot of the storytelling, the visual storytelling, it's not super literal. Right? I mean, there are instances where you see, like, a normal pan out. You know, they're, they're going through a building, and we see that, right? Right. But something like this, and fitting with the art being more abstract, there's a lot of, like, not detailed backgrounds. There's a lot of images kind of colliding with each other.
1: hmm
0: Right? And this works on, like, a literal level. Like, there's probably there probably is a wall in their building that says Department of Truth right but it also just works in um as kind of a a mood piece i would say
1: yes i completely agree because like if you really think about this right cuz prior to this um splash page um Cole and Lee are just walking down the hallway and talking until he starts to go until he introduced himself as um my name's Lee Harvey Oswald yeah, can we the can see the previous movie.
0: can we see the previous page yeah sure yeah, so when I say we, I mean really me, because listeners video video version not coming.
1: <laughs> coming anytime. soon. Coming,
0: uh, coming well, soon. Coming soon. We have money to hire a video editor because either me or Phil have the time or mo- time the time to learn to do it ourselves.
1: There we go. Yes. Yeah. So here is the the page uh, previous page before where <clears throat> like I said before, Cole is talking with Lee. And as right before we get to the door, right, he's he, he's like, I don't even know who you people are. He's like, I guess I skipped that part, didn't I, right? There is no symbolism of the Department of Truth around here. It's literally just a door and a wall. So then once we get to this page here, right, Lee shadow over his eyes, the symbol for the Department of Truth, and we have like little little um panels around him right which makes it way more visually interesting right because again this is not an action book right but splash pages for what to show like the big concern not the big concerns but like the big things in the comic that that are supposed to come out at you right but this is just a guy introducing his name but it works
0: i mean part of it is the significance of the name lee harvey oswald
1: right, which is which is a big thing too and another thing I wanted to point out too is the way they do uh, speech bubbles in this book as well.
0: Yeah I made, uh, I made a note about that
1: Yeah, which because they're they're very jagged they're not even. you can see the lines right going through the the yeah, bubbles
0: themselves. The, yeah the bubbles are like two layer because there's the there's the outline and then but that's not aligned with the white shape. That would normally be right which i really like it gives a sense that everything's kind of off kilter you know it's, it, that, that nothing's neat it fits in the place
1: exactly right. right which is which is which is really really which is really cool especially and it fits completely with the story right so not only do we have like a um a specific art style to go within the comic but then we also take that a step further adding to the uh speech bubbles Right, making them uniquely their own because not only do we use them to read, but they're also a physical—I mean, not a physical, but a visual piece of the comic as well. Uh, let's see, and then here, I think this. Yeah, let's
0: do. Let's movie. do another example of like the art kind of being really abstract, the abs- uh, The layout's being really abstract.
1: Right. So let's see. Uh, do do do. Yeah,
0: which see. I think is probably why the people, some people I've met. We can, mm-hmm. I have a big rant about this later. <laughs> we can say the end. <laughs> uh, But uh, like some people have, it, they have kind of trouble getting past the art because it's like unlike a lot of usual uh, mainstream comic art. But mm-hmm. even I would even argue like indie, you know, publishing. It's not like it's published with book publishers like Raina House and all that. Right. Like it's it's very it's much more abstract. I keep saying that, but it's a lot more. It's not. You, you, you don't feel grounded it's hard to tell where things are mm-hmm. in relation to each other it isn't like a lot of sp- spatial awareness like you know you don't know where it's like you're in a like this is seen in a room but very rarely like not everything's drawn out right it's it's like i don't know where where's where's the door in relation to this character in relation to xyz
1: right
0: and i think for maybe for some people especially if they're less experienced reading comics, it, it's kind of hard to follow and easy to get lost. Uh, me personally, and again, it's partially because I've read comics for three decades, two decades. <laughs> you know, I, I love this kind of stuff because it's like uh, a breath of fresh air. And like, I know how to read a comic page.
1: Right. Because, I mean, it's 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 taking what's norm and breaking the rules and making it work, right? whatever those rules that were established from all the other comics that we've read, right? So, yeah, I mean... A
0: lot, a lot of these scenes are just, like, the essence of what... The bare, The essence is the bare minimum of what you need, right? Like that right. Like, the the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald in front of the Department of Truth logo, you could draw out the room with, like, chairs and computer screens. I think they're implied... The green glows imply to be computer and, screens. But I think it really takes away a lot of the effect, personally. Mm-hmm. Because you have all these just more background info,
1: more yeah. info. Right, and so the next page I pulled up here is the wall at the end of the world. Um, as yeah, the, Cole, the, the
0: flat the flat Earth <laughs> the flat Earth wall.
1: Yeah, it's the flat Earth wall as Cole is flying uh to the to Antarctica with a bunch of rich white guys. Um, he looks outside the window and sees this giant wall, uh, covering, like, and I'm not gonna lie, when I first read this, uh, page, I was, I was thoroughly confused, um, simply because not only do we have this wall, but because of the, uh, the, I don't even know how to describe it, the, the mapping, the longitude-latitude lines, um, around here.
0: It's like he scanned a, a globe or a chart and just put it on.
1: Right. But then not only do we have that, but all right, comic book friends, we're going to learn a new word. The word is called stat. All right. So a stat is essentially you're going to be taking an image and superimposing it on a comic book page. Um, colorists tend to do this in order to make their lives easier, but also to make a it- Pretty visual pretty interesting visual aspect of the comic book, right? So for example, the details that we see within this wall that the plane is flying through, the comic artist did not draw, right? If you look very closely, it is clearly a picture of of either a wall or it could be a tree. Um but just get having an understanding knowing that it is a wall and it's not drawn. But at the same time though, it works. It looks cool. And yeah, it, um, gives, it
0: gives it texture. Cause you know, drawing ice is actually pretty challenging.
1: Right. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of these different things. And though we have this sense of realism within this, it still works. So my question for you, cause you were, you said
0: you were initially confused looking at this page. I would yes. imagine a lot of people are even mm-hmm. people who work in comics professionally, even though they shouldn't, um, would you say that's a weakness of this page or this art style? That because it is kind of hard when you first look at it, to get that this is a wall. It could look like sky. It could look right. like water. Because if you don't right. see like a horizon line, right, to show that there's there's the wall and this the ground intersects.
1: Right, because it, it, it there's nothing and it's a double page spread as well. Of fact, let me see if I can make it that way. Uh, yeah. uh, show disable. Let's disable this and show a whole page before leaving current page. Show a whole page after. Nah, I can't make it a double page, so it's not like Comicsology, which is fine. Um, but yes, it's it's a double page spread of this giant wall, right? And would you, which
0: consider would you consider that issue of clarity to be a weakness?
1: Yes, I would. I
0: would. Uh, it's just interesting, interesting, because I'm. Well, I mean, it's again, it's like how much of it is like the artist? And it's like because, you know, the thing about the clarity, it's also it's adding mystery. It's adding a steaky atmosphere. Right. And so the question is like, well, to what degree is it the trade off? Right. Because the more you make it clear, I think you take away some of the mystique and atmosphere versus how much of it is should be the if the onus is on the reader to just know how to read it.
1: True, but I feel like something here is not really so much like, oh, the reader should know how to read it. Because this concept of like understanding, oh, the earth is flat. How are we going to uh visually show that the earth is flat from the perspective of Which is of yeah, this that's
0: also that's also to be fair, that's also a pretty challenging thing to show. <laughs> it is.
1: It is. And I think what have been interesting though, right, is what if we were to change the angle, right? So what if, right? Because I mean, a plane flies what about thirty to fifty thousand feet or a hundred thousand feet in the sky, right? Um. So what if the perspective have changed? So we're looking at the plane from above, but then we get to see the edge of the earth rather than a wall.
0: You mean? Oh, you mean like like. Kind of like in those those movies where it's like a waterfall and they just like yes
1: fall. yes exactly yes exactly would it that would still leave that would still be same uh mystique same mystery going on but at the same time we will have a visual understanding of what we're seeing.
0: Um, I mean there is a plot reason in volume two why it has to be a wall.
1: Okay.
0: So like because they there's like a character he gets introduced to a character who's in charge of like doing all the dirty cleanup, which is like, how do you get rid of the things that manifest? So we'll see. We'll see. Let's go on to a different page. Okay. Maybe we talk about where maybe this art style is more... Maybe the balance is there better. Uh, I don't have a number, but it's like this page where we see the... Uh, oh,
1: scary. the star... The star face man?
0: star face man.
1: Yeah. Um, so this, this is, uh,
0: for listeners, there's kind of a recurring image, and then we find out it's an actual character of, like, this freaky starface man yes uh, and that when we say starface he has like kind of the pentagram star you see in satanic rituals
1: yes uh, there's a character
0: that like is tormenting Cole. it's like part of his nightmares and then we learn then we later find out that like oh this is a very this is a literal being
1: yes because uh because the idea was um during the 90s craze of, like, witch hunts and satanic rituals that, like, you know, middle America was it's terrifying. More, it's a little
0: more of an 80s. It's a little more 80s.
1: It was, like, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. Yeah, where, um, what's it called? Oh, the the whole, people were, like, like
0: uh, the satanic child abuse stuff.
1: Exactly, satanic child abuse things. Because I remember um, one case in Boston, like, three, three, uh, three lesbians were uh had to serve life in prison because they were uh accused of raping and um raping these like raping these little girls which was not the case at all because they were nowhere near the vicinity um and like using them for like satanic rituals or some crap
0: yeah but- it was uh I should, we should probably because i think that's I rec- so some of these some of these conspiracies are pretty experienced esoteric so i'll probably to explain them to people yeah. Um, it's like the the moral panic of that era of like, cause it, and something that gets into this series is that a lot of these conspiracies are very, the conspiracy mm-hmm. theories are very supportive of a of a worldview that's very Christian, that's very patriarchal, that's very American, Western, European centric. But basically in that era, there was like, you know, the super Christian people were like, oh look, people are Dungeons and Dragons, they're
1: practicing <laughs> satanic rituals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> magic the gathering there, there's demons and pentagrams yeah i mean <laughs> you're not I, i'm not I, making this stuff up
1: and like and to you know carry on with that because i remember pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh getting the same thing too like oh my god pokemon there's no such thing as evolution right how can this lizard <laughs> yeah. turn into this dragon that's that's evil
0: yeah but the thing about the difference is that that's that period of late 90s 2000s that was there's enough people to push back but in the, like that late 80s, early 90s, because right, this is the era of Reagan and whatnot, those those accusations had a lot more sway. Right. Uh, so so with this so this figure here, the Starface man, he's uh, cutting open a baby to eat.
1: Yes, because uh, that's what Cole had saw. Because when he found the basement behind the wall in his preschool, uh, this is where he saw the Starface man eating, uh, cutting up and eating babies and offering a baby.
0: Mm-hmm. So you think the art style here is more success successful in this panel because it's pretty it's pretty loose in terms of like where everything is like the perspective wonky but intentionally wonky.
1: Yes. Because like there's so... like there's
0: like the guy he's kind of able on the table and then there's but it's like at a weird angle, you know, next to the wall and, and then there's like these two figures kind of behind him. Yeah
1: yeah because like this this picture because i mean it's it's twofold right because we have it going back and forth between uh the recording of cole as a child right describing the Starface man and then we have this big panel that stands out in front of them of the Starface man eating this baby uh it's it's saying this all out loud just seems very very silly to me but at the same time i was like oh my god <laughs> it's supposed to be horrifying um but <clears throat> he has like this very wispy look to him, almost like a ghost. So it's more like he's like either standing from on top of the roof, like to eat this baby, or he's like a ghost and he's like floating around. And then these are like the people who have his backing behind him. That's 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 what it reads more like. And I mean we have this uh collage face for the Starface man. Right. Because nothing like really connects to anything. And even if looking at this this panel here, right, the way the mouth is uh, connected to the upper part, along with the hands, it all feels like, you know, just put together, almost like a Rome- Romare Bearding piece.
0: So for you, this this moment works a lot better because the story moment is a little more figurative, a little more metaphoric. Yeah. They're like, right, like a literal moment of a plane in a physical
1: space. Right, exactly, because this here is like, you know, a child trying to recall a memory during hypnotism
0: mm-hmm.
1: versus like an actual plane flying to the end of the earth.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's do another example. Here's a real, I think this is a good example of like kind of the storytelling. Uh, I don't know what page this is.
1: OK, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's still volume one.
0: It's still volume one. It's the, uh, it's, the it's the chapter three. It's, uh, it's
1: a school okay. shooting issue. Ah, uh, yes, that was a, that was a very sad issue.
0: And this is a really good one. So let's talk more about the writing again. So this is a, there's a whole issue about uh, for people who don't know this. Really, tr- tr- it sounds comical, but it's so wacky. It's like uh, this conspiracy theory that propagated by Alex Jones that all these school shootings in the last decade or so they're all staged. That I don't. I don't understand why. What, what. the motivation? Why. Is.
1: Why would they say that? Why would they say these things? Like but, you know, like parents but, lost their child.
0: Well, basically the idea is that there. Are, you know, these are all staged. These are. There's what. There's a term. There's an actual term called crisis actor. Crisis
1: actor. Which people
0: pretend to be, kind of. Uh, and if you watch Mr. Robot, it comes out a bigger way because <laughs> like one of the characters gets accused of, accused of being a crisis actor. And he gets mm-hmm. killed, and like, no, that was this was all, It just wasn't a fake at all. And the economy really did crash and all that. Um, oh my and this, and this chapter, this issue, I really like because it shows there's a human cost to like debunking the conspiracy theory. So it's about this mother who you know who lost her son in a school shooting, uh, but then she starts to like, uh, you know, some of these like crisis actor accusations start floating her way, and at first, she's horrified. But mm-hmm. then, like because it started to manifest in reality, her son is coming back to life. al'beit the crazy crisis actor version. right. But like her son is coming back to life, and then the agents, uh, Cole and Ruby, are forced to like destroy the evidence and bury the conspiracy theory, um which they're right to do in the greater eth- moral the greater ethical sense because they can't let this they can't let this become reality. But at the same time, the woman does lose a chance to, to have her son back. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a very tricky moral quandary. And that's the kind of space this story operates. There are not really clear good guys and bad guys. Everything has consequences.
1: Yes, which leaves this morally gray area. Well, not yeah. even morally, just
0: because like, the, the, the funny, the funny ironic thing is that it leaves the mother, the mother becomes a conspiracy theorist after that. <laughs> Yes. She's like they—they they really buried it. They took my son away. They
1: Took my son away, and it's like, yo, he—he he didn't exist. Like he—he yeah. he died.
0: And this image, this page I'm looking at is really great. It turns of like blending the, the, the kind of the literal plot, but also kind of the, the, the metaphor and the themes. So it's right. um, it's an image of of it of her son, uh, like kind of splayed out. First of all, his eyes are like crossed out.
1: Oh, uh, that's not the son, that's the mother.
0: Sorry, the mother. Uh, the mother's holding a picture of her son. And her eyes are crossed out. And there's this image in the background of, like... Uh it looks it's like kind of a collage of the American flag but it's,
1: right so it's Sorry, like that's... the picture is the pictures of her son right making the the reds of the of the the, the red stripes of the American flag while yeah, and the white stripes and the white stripes and then we have a blue square with white guns in it to represent the stars
0: yeah and it's it's a really great uh symbolic use of of the art here and something that I think comics this is something, like, only really comics can do, making kind of this symbolic, uh, you know, juxtaposition. Yes. And and it's talking about, like, and this and this is the thing with a lot of issues, is that she's, like, it's kind of explaining how, what these conspiracies are, and she's, like, finding out for the first time they're falsely accusing of her. So there's not only this, like, great sort of American dystopia contrast, because this is really a phenom... If, you don't know, school shootings are something that only really happens in America. <laughs> sad, yes, which is very really sad to say. Very,
1: very sad to say.
0: But uh, also, it's like this sort of descent into madness, almost. So she's just like lost in this sea of of propaganda noises and conspiracy, crazy conspiracy people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a contrast of like this supposed American ideal. But these are also horrible things that only they you to know, the American psyche
1: right which which always like begs the question right cuz i mean
0: and then the we next see page, th- and then this some fascist sells it even more
1: right cuz we see th- we see these things in like on tv right and to go as far as to think that people are making this up right but with kids no, no less right oh yeah we're going to train 200 kids within the school to pretend that they've been shot, right? In order to reduce gun control. It just sounds like madness.
0: And, and that's kind of the point. And to get, now we to talk more in the heart of the writing. Uh, the inspiration, according to James Tyrion, Tyrion Tyan, the writer. Tayan. uh So the Tayan. inspiration Tayan. he got Tayan. is that. Tayan. Okay. Got it. I
1: got the point. Tyan. Uh,
0: <laughs> jimmy here jimmy the fourth okay uh the inspiration for the story came about um and he said in interviews so that came from you know kind of the shock of the 2016 election of trump winning because and he says it by his own events you know he's he's like a sheltered white middle-class liberal uh who's just like how could this ever you know like a lot of people were are like how, how could this ever happen you know and then Part of his process of trying to understand how can this p- come about is like he just went down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. of understanding the far right and the alt right. I actually did the same thing. Like I tried to under you know watch all these video essays like like what is the alt right and what are all you know learning about like cuck and, and Pepe the Frog and like <laughs> all this stuff. So uh, and he used that to kind of craft the story about how basically these crazy conspiracy theories are always... They've always been at the heart, at the core of American belief, American culture. Because mm-hmm. always, there's always been this segment of the, the, the fringe conservative... Uh, and, and, you know, he doesn't really go into it, but some of these conspiracies draw people from across the rest of the spectrum. But mostly cons- these, con- these conservative conspiracy theories, right? Um, right. Something... And something he mentioned, something uh, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts. He very intentionally only mentioned Trump once in the entire first volume. Like, this, yes. this is all about Trump and all the conspiracy theories, his followers, and before, before, during and after his presidency push, <laughs> you know. But he very specifically does not focus on Trump, but talk about, like, the burfer, right, Obama, you know. And it goes into great detail about like the people the the way people think it can be pulled off about obama was born in kenya and all that right. uh, 9 11 and it just and what that's kind of the first one is very political in that sense the second bomb gets more into like more the more like occult stuff and the more like cryptid stuff like bigfoot yetis
1: alice
0: alice crawley and
1: and uh, and uh jackalopes
0: yeah <laughs> like and like you know that, that's like Illuminati. Like the more the stuff you would see in that section of Barnes and Noble, you know. <laughs> I should know because I had to sell so many goddamn books in that section. Mm. Um, but he talks about like all these. Cons- this is the, this is his quote that I like. Corrosive beliefs are at the art of America. Because what these you know at their core, all these things are. They're people who are very, they're racist, anti-Semitic, you know, super Christian. Etc. Etc. et cetera, And there's just All a right. way for them, like, they cannot accept the reality that, that is there, right, that, and therefore they need to, like, no, it's I don't know, do you, I don't know, are you do you know, do you know much about the psychology of conspiracy theories or, well, actually let, let's take a big, let's take a big step on okay. Phil. How much, how many of these conspiracy theories did you know of before reading the, the series? Uh,
1: Well, I was well aware of the, the flat earth theory, the uh, like the decrypted the what is it called uh the crypt cryptozoologist yeah crypt, the crypt,
0: the cryptozoology yeah the fiction the the animals like Loch Ness Bigfoot all that
1: yeah right I was aware of that I, I was aware of the crisis actors because I remember I was still living in New York when Sandy Sandy Oak had happened I mean I know that's Jersey but that's literally right next door um as well, like, what other theories did they talk? Well, um, there's,
0: oh, the Burf the Burfer berf, the one, obviously we just
1: talked about. Berfer, that. Right, the Burfer one, and I mean the the only one I wasn't really aware of was like the whole like you know satism, Satan Satanist, um, you know child, all or, the satanic child abuse stuff. Yeah, I wasn't aware of those. Yeah, cause
0: that, was, that was really more before our time. Yeah, uh, but someone I think he's Gen X, so he would be more familiar. Uh, but Which they name they, named, they name drops a ton of actual stuff. And it's kind of funny that like when the book came out twenty twenty and the Democrats finally caught up oh, to like what cool. QAnon is. Now these are all popular lexicon these are all more popular lexicon. Like QAnon, right. you know, pizza whole Pizza Gate.
1: Pizzagate, Pizzagate.
0: Yeah, Epstein. Um and now and then kind of since now, now there's a whole what's the what? They st- still, they
1: stole the vote. It's like, like yeah. Democrats stole the vote somehow. Stole the vote somehow. You know, and the crazy part about it, all these conspiracy theories, like they're all, they're all targeted to the left. Why come the left don't come up with their own conspiracy? Oh, oh
0: well, we did, There's, there's totally like a, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of liberals. I don't believe nine eleven true first.
1: Oh, it was like an inside job?
0: Yeah, because like George, so that's like the seeds for George Bush to invade the Middle East.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, really, too much fucking stupid. You know, there's a whole, there's <laughs>
1: fluoride, there's fluoride stuff.
0: You know, they, we come up with less of them, but we still have them. I mean, uh, you know, of, like, the, when we joke about the whole tech stuff.
1: The whole tech stuff? Yeah. I mean, but I'm, sure, I feel... I'm
0: sure in the black community, there, there's a
1: lot more, right? The, the, oh, AIDS,
0: yeah. right? the AIDS thing, right? HIV.
1: Yeah, the, the government sent the government that to black and brown neighborhoods.
0: Yeah, so uh, they'll take it out of contest. We're we're quoting the conspiracy. We're not endorsing it. Right?
1: Yes, and the same way uh, the CIA uh, brought crack cocaine to the also to the inner city. That I actually believe.
0: <laughs> I think that one probably has a little more truth. Than people, I don't think <laughs> it's fully true, maybe to the extent, but there's probably some. Oh,
1: some elements to it no i oh. i absolutely i absolutely believe it. even after that whole uh washington post uh article they did with, like cia con- to confirm they did not sell crack cocaine to the inner city you know damn old are lion come on now <laughs> all
0: right anyways um <laughs> uh okay uh we're gonna we're gonna go over it but well, what's really cool about and james tieran talks about it, is that the other element of conspiracy theorists is that it's not just like they're they may or may not have these crazy beliefs, but it's also the sociology of like they need they need the community of like-minded people, right? Uh, and that's kind of where it spreads further, right? I mean, it, it deals with that at the very beginning with like he goes to a, a flat earthers convention,
1: convention, and then they all like you know hop in a bus to a plane to go to actually go and see it.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a great bit I forgot the moon landing one, where it's like they think that they watch a video of the moon landing. Big fake, and then, oh, and then yeah, Cole yeah. Turner is like, "What? Why is Stanley Kubrick there?" You see strings. It's like, "That's this isn't how it happened." But it's because <laughs> the reality, history of being writing itself to their beliefs.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: because James Tyrion brought up that like he brought up the idea that like conspiracy communities have a lot of overlap with uh, comic book fan communities <laughs> and fan communities in general, right? You you have these intense shared beliefs, and you're looking for other people,
1: mm, right, with the, the, the same yeah, yeah. and, they, and the then sometimes it just gets a little too intense and out of control yeah it's it's uh it's like it's like essentially a mob that's that's essentially what it is it's pretty much a mob but the mob is sitting in front of a computer screen
0: yeah uh let's talk about so um we, we touched upon it but we talk about it now how did you feel about that then the plot there's a lot of it there's not really a ton of I wouldn't call it a plot-driven story. Would you agree?
1: No, because it's like, it's like multiple short stories where they are um, doing basically, a lot of different...
0: Yeah, basically explaining different conspiracy theories to Cole Turner, who's the audience surrogate.
1: Right, which, I mean, the, there is an overarching story because there there's, there's three characters that are introduced, right? You had the leader of the Black Hats. I don't remember if he's ever said a name or anything. No, they
0: don't. No, I'm not no right? not Maybe in volume three, but
1: I'm not there yet. Okay. The the woman in red with the X's over her eyes. Um. Bab Bab Babylon. I think ba- so, I'm not sure.
0: I just I just know
1: there's a lady in red. Yeah. Who has like so she's another one. And then the scar and the scarred face man. Uh. Okay. Those those are like the three main antagonists that are well, the 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 guy who's the head of the big uh, who's the head of the Black Cats. He's essentially like created the man uh the man with the scar face um based off like again those fear of propaganda of the uh, child kidnapping Satan cults, whatever yeah
0: he's the one that he's the one that's trying to create the grand unified conspiracy theory right um, and that's kind of what we learn in in the volume one volume two is that like they're figuring out the they, their evil plot right uh, is mm-hmm. is that like they're trying to unite all the they're trying to create a single continuous narrative that contains all these conspiracy theories to rewrite American history.
1: Right, and, and it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah, but and then, but it gets really and kind of really ambiguous because in volume two they introduce Cole has to go meet. So first of all, a lot of the story is just Cole meeting with someone and they explain a the conspiracy theory to him as he deal with it. And it's a little like textbooky, right? Because we're just kind mm-hmm. of reading it. It reminds me a lot, uh, the way the art and the and the word the text intersect. It reminds me a lot of um the
1: DC Universe book we read. Oh, um, the other side of the DC universe.
0: Yeah, because it's just a lot of ex- narration, exposition. There's not really a ton of character interaction. There's a little bit. Um, right. More. But it, it is a lot of just telling the reader something, a lesson and something. Mm. Um, I personally thought it works for the most part, just given the nature of the topic and the story. These are stuff that not a ton of people know, unless you're... Well, unless you spend a lot of time on the internet, right? <laughs> um, or you, or you, you know, you watch too much mainstream CNN and they just say QAnon, QAnon. Okay, and we go, okay, we get it, QAnon. Where are those goddamn two thousand dollar checks? Shut up, QAnon. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, but I think, I think to a certain extent, you kind of need that structure in that you have to explain all these real conspiracy theories because that's the thing; these are real, right? This is. This is He's not making this shit up to tell this crazy plot. He it's a very kind of political manifesto almost. Uh how did, I don't know how did you feel, Phil? Uh
1: I mean you're you're you speaking you speaking my language. Um I honestly thought the same way. Um it was just I guess so interesting the way he went about it in terms of um getting an understanding of Like, these these are the way these things are done, and not only these are the way things are done and how they affect us, but the way that the Department of Truth has to go about ending them.
0: Yeah, which is pretty ruthless cover-up. I will admit, it gets a little heavy-handed in Volume 2. At that point, I'm a little tired of it, because the beginning... (laughs) Because the first couple issues, it's less about... Crazy conspiracy, right wing, politi- crazy right wing political conspiracy, more about general belief and Illuminati, like Illuminati belief and and like mysticism and Alice Crowley and cryptids. At that mm-hmm. point, it's like really just he goes to a guy, They send him to a guy, Hawk Harrison, who uh, who I love. It's a character I really love. Oh my god! I think he's got uh, his. Hat. If you notice, did you notice his hat?
1: Yeah, there's the upside down American hat. Yeah, I mean, American. American flag.
0: Yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's reversed. It's so, yeah. it's so funny. And he's, He is just basically takes them on, like, long walks to explain Bigfoot and stuff. Uh, why don't you pull up the Bigfoot photo? Yes. Find it? It's a good uh, page to talk about. Right here. And then um, it's kind of, it's it's towards the, like, the second half of each volume that were the actual conflict of, like, the other conspiracy, or, conspiracy organization comes in. Mm-hmm. And kind of the big doozy in volume two is that like Hawk Harrison is the big twist possible twist is that he suspects that the Department of Truth are the are actually the bad guys, right? <laughs> that they're not they're not covering up these conspiracies to save to protect the world. They're doing it to further a very specific it's American specific agenda. agenda. Yes, because he goes he goes like really off into like American political history and whatnot.
1: Which um, which in of itself, like reading if you didn't read volume one and understand where they're going with this, you would think this was just a crazy old white guy.
0: Yeah. Which is which is like the beauty of, of this. Like these are all people we would normally dismiss, but in the conceit of this world of the story, like these are actually true. And we would never know because reality has been rewritten. Yeah. Um but the other thing with the story I like. With like the art is all about it's ever shifting, reality you know, reality's super tenuous. You also are guessing, because the thing is, I don't know. I don't know. I genuinely don't know if he's right or not. Like, the Department of Truth could actually be the bad guys. Yeah, and, right. Like, Lee so. Harvey Oswald could be, like, the fake Lee Harvey Oswald. It's very TwitFix. <laughs> they deal with the whole Tulpa thing.
1: Yeah, um, the, that that was also another thing. I've, I I I never heard of that. So. I'll yeah,
0: it's a, real, it's a real concept based in, like, Buddhism and whatnot. Mm. Uh, yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, like volume one is all about like political far right stuff. Volume two is more like the new agey, mystical '90s stuff. Right. But it talks about like he, he took these old beliefs and you these these beliefs. The thing what I like that it makes about conspiracy theories is that it's all the same belief. It's all the same prejudice and anti anti you know pro Christian pro whatever. They just mm. change it to fit whatever era they they are.
1: Right, which we get from the nice history, le- history lesson of like going from Pharaohs to the Christians yeah. to, to um, you know
0: Romans,
1: Romans, and, like,
0: the you know persecuting Christians, taking all these like mishmash of pagan things and then call that say satan- call that Satanism,
1: right? And, In and order then, to know, like gets, you know that, keep their religion the number yeah, one. Yeah, and
0: that but that gets picked up by like rich people who just want something weird,
1: right? Right, they just bored and rich. Exactly. Oh, that's that. Isn't that the, isn't that the story? The rich people are born and rich. So let's just make something up.
0: Well, that's really what this story and what conspiracy theories are about. It's about who who's at the root of power, right? Right. And it's about this 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 group. Who's the people in charge of the power? And what this one is about, and kind of where it fits in line with all the far right stuff, is that it's ultimately white Christian mm. men, rich white rich white Christian men. <laughs> Uh, i would be kind of curious if he talks about like the other crazy stuff later on, like the HOTEF, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know like like AIDS. I don't know if Jay's te- ty- Jay's dying te- ty- is gonna cover all that, but you know,
1: no, I don't think so. But that that would be I'd be kind of interesting.
0: Oh, who knows? I haven't read the third volume yet, but um, uh, I think it's a good way to like maybe close it out. Is I a agree. good a good synthesis of the storytelling in the Department of Truth. So this is in uh, Volume 2. He Hawk Harrison is taking Cole Turner to go – I remember, was it the hunt down the Bigfoot, shoot the Bigfoot, shoot the guy? Yeah,
1: yeah no, to shoot the Bigfoot.
0: Yeah, because he had to make sure. he He's basically the guy. He's, like, the dirty cleanup guy. He has to – because, like, Ruby and, the, and Cole, they have to eliminate the evidence and silence the people. But he's the one – when the, when things actually manifest, he's the one that has to get rid of them.
1: Who has to get rid of them? Yeah. So he got rid of the wall at the end of the world. He had to get rid of the um the woman that they killed, and the, he he's the garbage man. That's that's yeah. And it is. goes
0: into the, like crazy detail about how he does it, which I like about the wall is that he, he sneaks in like subliminal messaging into <laughs> like and like everyone's like porn and whatnot. So he makes everyone is just like subconsciously thinking about there's the is round. Earth is round. The that Earth is
1: round. Right with the sickles and things um i do this whole so this page here i i enjoy because we get to see like the sasquatch right and full but also the way the arms and the torso is spread out it's essentially creating panels and it's also because of the hair and the branches coming out we get the idea of them moving through the forest right so this is one of those things where we get the comic as art from within the individual panels but then also the entire page itself
0: and what's great is that there's no gutters. The yes. panels are the gutters are invisible.
1: Yes. Like yes. essentially the gutters are created by the Sasquatch.
0: Yep. And the way the way you're able to fall along um unless you're a dumbass reader which I'll, but I'll go on my rant in a second, um is that part of it is the character's movement but it's also the word bubbles. They guide your eye through the the comic the yes. the, the sequence
1: all right. And then, you know, especially because it's divided into two halves, right? So we're following along this side um, from left to right, and then we go back down to the other side and continue on left to right. Uh, and then the last page I want to show is the Sasquatch appearing, all right? So we understand that the Sasquatch is like this mystical, mythical being by seeing these uh, circles around it.
0: Yeah, the, the first, concentric circles. Also, before, before we get into that, I love I loved that the first panel on the page before is the famous photo. <laughs> the yes, famous, like, big famous walking footage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I want to say, though, those concentric circles, they do play a part, because when you see them for the first time, it's because of that first page where the Sasquatch is spread out with the invisible gutters. Not knowing that they played a role in understanding oh this is going to be the uh the mythical figure right you just thought it was a design but no this is supposed to show why the creature is what it is causing the uh people who see it eyes to bleed um start to make their brains scrambled you know so i thought that was that was really cool
0: yeah it's a good it's a good intersection of something you think it's just visual dressing, but no, it has a literal meaning to it.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's a an intersection that only comics could do.
1: It is. It is. You can't you can't do I mean you could do it in a movie, but it wouldn't be as cool.
0: It would not be as cool. Cause you know, there's a certain subject level of realism with the, that a movie has to unless it's animated. Then I guess I guess you could do it animated, but whatever. Right.
1: Alright.
0: So here here's finally finally time for my rant that I've been saving
1: for yes, a very look. long time. Yes. Talk your talk, Eric.
0: Alright, so I mentioned before, I because I read this comic, I was blown away. I thought this is great. This is one of the best comics I've ever read in, in, in quite some time. And I've and I've shown this to people. I recommend this to people. I try talking, discussing with some people. I've met people who just they can't get into it because and they're big. The only reason why they all love the writing, but their big hang-up is on the art, right? One person I know, it's a freelance editor. I well, I don't work with her, but on the company I work with. Like, she says, like, I don't especially love the art. So it's like, okay, whatever. What really birds gets to me is this discord I was used to, I used to be a part of, of these professional colorists. These are people who work on comics professionally, mainstream comics professionally. They all just kept bashing the book because, like, oh, you know, I just, I want to like this art, but when I look at the characters, like, well, oh, he's just a guy with glasses. He's just a blonde guy with glasses. <laughs> And it's just like, you know, I don't care if you like or dislike something, all right? Everyone, everyone, you do whatever. What I care about is how you like or dislike something. And something that's just been driving me crazy ever since grad school, Mm -hmm. I say because of grad school, not in a bad way, (laughs) is that personal hang-ups are not valid craft critique. Right? (laughs) And when people, I mean, when you say say I can't get past the art because I just couldn't get into the main character because I just saw a blond guy with glasses, you know, I can't tell who he was. I think mm-hmm. that says more about your taste the type of comics, there are limited comics that you read. <laughs> well, uh,
1: uh, the... If you
0: if you if you don't like this book because of the art, you should really think about why that is and the type of type of comics you read. And you maybe you should you know expand your aesthetic horizons.
1: Word. All right.
0: I, I probably lost all any listener coming back <laughs> listening, but you know it's been eight months. We're back. Um, so probably some housekeeping stuff. So we're on a new schedule. Uh, this is going to be bi-monthly, bi-weekly. Uh, because me and Phil, we a we we have, we're too busy to do this week to week because you know that we had to go read a comic week to week. We both still have jobs to do. Yeah. Also, because we have our new, I say new, that's been going on for eight months, our Bubble Suit Gundam podcast.
1: All right. Operation V.
0: Yes. Formerly known as the Bubble Suit podcast. Now Operation V podcast because the algorithm's killing us. So that still will be going on uh, regularly. So we're just going to be, me and Phil, we can be alternating. So if you love Gundam, check that out. But the omnibus is back for who knows how long. Hopefully the foreseeable future will be dropping every the third, the first and third Friday of every month that I will play in the show notes So people will follow.
1: All right, there we go. All right. So we're back talking about your favorite comic books. All right. Check us out. You feel me? And now I want you to keep this in mind for next week. All right. Who's going to win in a fight? Sasquatch or the Abominable Snowman? Boom. We're out.
0: We are the X-Files. <laughs> uh, ah.
1: Although,
0: are you, are you the Mulder and I'm the Scully? Which one will you be?
1: Is there a black guy in the X-Files? I'll be the black guy. <laughs> that's what I was, was
0: going to say. There are no black people. Ah. That's why it's so white. There are no, I don't think there are any people of color in any of the, the, the characters.
1: Oh, man.